Welcome back to all our regular listeners, and if it's your first time listening, thanks for joining us. Today we've got a fantastic podcast lined up for you. We've got a good friend of mine, I've not spoken to him for a few years, uh, Tony Bellew on the podcast. Tony, in his last fight, beat Matus Masternak for the European title, and he's been in the headlines a lot lately for his new movie that he's just been starring in, Creed, the new Rocky movie uh, with Sylvester Stallone and Michael B. Jordan. He plays the part of Pretty Ricky Conlon, who Michael B. Jordan fights in the end of the movie. It's a quality film. If you haven't watched it, I would really recommend you go out there and watch it. I've knew Tony for about 15 years now, since the England team would come up all the way through. Uh, when I went to the Olympics, he turned pro. And in this podcast, we talk a bit about that, about the, the days as amateur fighters. And we also talk a lot about his movie role and how he got it. Tony was British, Commonwealth, and world title challenger down at light heavyweight. Now he's moved up a cruiserweight, just won the European title, and looking at fighting for a world title in his next fight. He's one of the biggest names in British boxing right now, and we love doing this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Keep your feedback coming, and remember to subscribe to this on iTunes and SoundCloud, so every two weeks when I upload one, you'll get a notification. All right, enjoy. Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries. I'm Mr. Glenn Six Figures. Glenn, how's it going? Going good. Good. Excited for this one. Very excited for this one. So today's guest, we've got a good friend of mine. I've not spoken for a while. Tony Bellew, European champion. He's just vacated. And uh, a, a top fighter, one of Britain's top fighters. Tony, how's it going, mate? Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm cool, mate. I'm, uh, I wouldn't say living the dream, but uh, i just say, you know, I'm, I'm surviving and uh, I'm cracking on and going along, mate. I'm just carrying on fighting. Just made a movie that, that's been quite a big hit in the US and uh, I'm getting ready for a world title fight now. Nice, nice. Uh, Tony, so tell us a bit more, a bit more about yourself uh, for people who've ne- never heard you. So you're, you're a top fighter. Uh, tell us about the movie you made. I'm a world-ranked fighter, uh, fight out of England, trainer's Dave Caldwell. Uh, I've fought on HBO a few times. What else? I've just recently made a movie called Creed, uh, starring Michael B. Jordan and Sylvester Stallone. In the movie, I play Pretty Ricky Conlon, of which I did not choose that name, by the way. <laughs> and uh, I'm basically, I, I, I am basically the bad guy in the movie. So uh, it's a really good movie for those who haven't seen it yet. Go out there and watch Creed. It's a fantastic movie with a great storyline, great his- history in it. Uh, and a traditional Rocky movie with the man himself and it's Sylvester Stallone playing uh, as the man himself, Rocky Balboa. Yeah, I absolutely love that film. And Tony, I'm very proud of you to see where you've come from uh, with, with boxing from, from day one. We've, we've grew up all the way through boxing our lives. And then to see you on the big screen in Hollywood and everyone knowing who you are around these, these uh, parts of the world as well, it's been great, mate. You've done really, really well. You're the first Englishman to be in a Rocky film, right? <laughs> Is that right? Very much, Jeff. I am, yeah, and, and like like we said, the likes of myself and Jeff, we've grown up as kids uh, through England teammates, GB teammates, and, and it's it's surreal to see myself now in a Rocky movie on something that I've grown up on, like I say, but I've done it, and I, it's been hard to get my head around it, but I think I finally have now, and like I said, I'm there, and I've just got to embrace it and see what I can crack on from here, you know, I've just... Beat won the European title in the last fight against a really good fighter in Mateus Masternach, and hopefully it'll lead on. Now I'm probably the biggest draw in the cruiserweight division now, you know, media wise, money wise, and uh, we're on the verge of doing a huge fight for real this time, not on the movies, but in Goodison Park, 
for a world title. Oh, nice. So, you know, we're not far away from it. Like in the movies, I've been a world champion. Uh, I fought at Goodison Park, but that was all make believe. I want to do it for real now, and uh, I believe I'm, I'm very, very close to doing it. Yeah, big nice. time. Big time, mate. So, let's go back to the movie. How does someone, a scouser, yeah. end up one of the main stars in this new Rocky movie, Creed? Tell me, how did that come about? Mate, I was on my way home, and uh, after watching Everton on a usual Saturday afternoon, and then this phone call came, a guy basically called me, and he says to me, listen, Tony, I'm calling on behalf of MGM Studios and Warner Brothers, and uh, we want you to be in the next Rocky movie, and I was like, just behave yourself, pull the other one. Uh, and, and, and I just didn't believe it. I thought it was a prank. I thought it was a big wind-up. Uh, this guy got me number from a guy who plays for Everton Football Club, well, Everton Soccer Club, as it is in the US, called Ross Barkley, top player. I called Ross. And to cut a long story short, I still believed it was a wind-up, and I just thought the lads were having me on because <laughs> the players at Everton Football Club are good friends of mine, and uh, there's nothing better than getting someone with a prank, especially scousers. <laughs> and uh, it just, this, this phone call went on and on, and in the end, like I say, the phone calls led to the emails, the emails led to meetings, and then I went to the meetings, and before I knew it, I was meeting, you know, head people from, from Warner Brothers, from MGM, yeah, right-hand men's of Sylvester Stallone's, and then, long and behold, you know, the, the actual director came to Liverpool to meet me, and it was upon meeting him that, you know, it, uh, we created the role for Pretty Ricky Conlon. Nice. That, that's quality, quality that. mate. That's of which I did not choose that name. <laughs> I hope not. Is that is that the first acting that you've ever done, or have you done any anything else before? Yeah. No, I'd never done any acting before, uh, Ryan came over to, to Liverpool from Oakland, where he's originally from. And we sat down and he said, listen, I want you to play this role. I think you can do it. You're going to play pound for pound, the best fighter in the world in the movie. And you're going to be an undefeated world champion. Do you think you can do it? And I was like, well, I've never acted before. But he really believed in me and thought, thought you know, listen, I, I think you can do this. So we went over a few little things to help. And uh, I, I, I read the script, I read it right through, and it was just, it was crazy. I just couldn't believe what was happening, to be honest. But in the background, I had this rematch against a guy called Nathan Clavery that I was going to fight. And that was a huge fight. You know, he's been a world champion uh, and defended his title on numerous occasions. And I had lost, although I didn't believe I'd fought him the first time and lost, I had lost a very close decision to him the first time. So going into the rematch, I just wanted to put the record straight and I wasn't signing the contract for the movie until after the fight. Right. And if I had lost that rematch, I wouldn't have thought I wouldn't have done the movie and I wouldn't have signed the contract. But, oh, wow. uh, you know, I won the rematch and the, and the next day I signed the contract for the movie and it was just, there was just so much going on at the time. Like, like I say, it was, it was absolutely crazy. And it, it, I basically put all the, for everybody who's given the movie great reviews and stuff like that. I give all the credit and the success to the director, Ryan Coogler, because I couldn't have played the part of, of Ricky Conlon without Ryan Coogler. I really couldn't have, because it was down to his belief in me that I could make this film with no acting experience, with, with nothing at all. He believed in me that much to give me the opportunity and to let me shine. And, and like right. I say, all the credit for Pretty Ricky Conlon must go down to Ryan Coogler. But watching, watching the film... You, you kind of were like yourself, like when you've been, when I've seen you in angry and press conferences and 
you seem to be like yourself. It was like a, yeah. you, I couldn't have thought of a better part in a movie for you to play than to play this pretty Ricky Collin. That's what makes it good, though, isn't it? Having someone who's uh, acting, <laughs> having an actual fighter in it is what gives it yeah. that, that that realism. Um, yeah. I did um, a Michael B. Jordan done a photo shoot and. Um, out here for Men's Fitness, done the, the cover of the magazine, uh, when was it, like six months ago, yeah. something like that, and uh, I like did did some work with him on the mitts and like wrapped his hands and all that, really, really nice lad, and he said that he'd, uh, he'd had to train for like two years for this film. Madness. Yeah, and he was, so, so Glenn was, uh, did, yeah. Glenn done a training session with uh, Michael B. Jordan, and he, he was speaking very highly of you. Uh, what, what was he like? You must have spent some hours yes, with him doing them scenes. I'd we lived together, me, for 11 weeks. It was like a training camp, Jeff, being away. Wow. Like the many ones we've been on. And uh, we just spent 11, 11 weeks together. I lived in Philly. He lived with us. And uh, we just trained together, ate together. We'd done everything together for 11 months, mate. He's, he's become a close friend of mine. Uh, and, he, you know, anything I have to do, I'll, you know, to go further on in the acting world or doing stuff, he's someone who I'll always seek out. Yeah. His help or his advice. Like I said, mate, he's become a close friend. He's like a little brother, but uh, a superstar, famous little yeah. brother. It's crazy. I've got to ask you. Nice, was always there to help me. Uh, got to ask you about that outtake that was posted on uh, Instagram or something, wherever it was, about you when you're uh, trying to yeah. do a take and you, you smashed him and he, and he falls down and like, loads of people were coming up to going, <laughs> is it real? Was it real? Did he actually knock him out? And yeah. all this? i never seen it. Was it real? The best way to explain that, mate, I, pl- I plead the fifth. So you best ask him. You best ask an MBJ that. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, quality because he just stu- he just he has to stand there and just get it. That's I mean, we're rolling. If you look on if you look on the Instagram, the actual the movies on about the fifteen second clips on there. It's a short little take, but the best way to say it is Michael B. Jordan is a fantastic actor and. Uh, and he'll make a great stuntman when he's finished. <laughs> <laughs> nice, I'll have, I'll have to chat it out. Uh, so, what was it like working with Stallone? Because Stallone, because like like me, all, all boxers have looked up the Rocky all their life. So to actually be short, rubbing shoulders with him like that yeah. must have been great, mate. How was it? It was. It was when I, when I first met him. He was he was fantastic to me. I had lots of time for me. Always had a helping hand. Gave me some great bits of advice. It was just, it was surreal, mate, at times when he'd be giving me advice or we'd sit down and talk or days we'd have dinner. It was just crazy. Right. That, you know, I'm sitting there with Rocky Balboa. And I was a huge Rambo fan too, so... Right, yeah. I, I was sitting there with three legends at once. I was sitting there with Sylvester Stallone. I was sitting there with John <laughs> Rambo and I was sitting there with Rocky Balboa. <laughs> I was just so happy. I was like a kid in a sweet shop. Kid in a sweet shop, it was crazy. That's cool. So... Is there, so you've, now you've had a taste of acting. I've, I don't know if you know, but I've done a little bit myself out near. Uh, I was in a sh- TV show called The Blacklist, uh, which is popular on Netflix now. And uh, I've done a couple of episodes of that, and uh, it was good. It was fun. It was completely different to what we used to. But is that something that you want to get into more in the future? Uh, it, it's so if if if, I, if it can if it can coincide with me boxing draft, then yeah, I would. I mean, right. don't get me wrong. First and foremost, I'm a professional fighter. But what I'll say is, is if it can coincide with a boxing and work around the camp, yeah, then yeah, it means I'd do it. I'd definitely do it again. It's it's a fantastic life. 
it's great. It, it's a lot easier to take pretend punches to the face than real punches to the oh, face. That's oh what no. I will say. <laughs> Big time. So uh, I enjoyed it, mate. And if Claude do it again, yes, I would. But like I said, I'll have to work around. Yeah, I know. I know you're a proper dedicated athlete and all that, and you, and you really think about life after boxing. But is, is that? Have you ever thought about life after boxing and and, and what 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 are you going to do after boxing? I'm, I'm planning it, mate. I mean, I'll, I'll keep buying properties and houses oh, and nice. doing what I can there. Uh, I live in a house, a nice house now, and, and I live in a nice area. So, you know, I've achieved a lot of things that I wanted and things that I never believed I could, Jeff. You know, I was, I still was shocked I even won an ABA title. It's crazy when I look right. back because I was never the most talented and I was never... But one thing I was, I've been with was dedicated and I was always willing to fight till the finish, mate. That's one thing in me. I can never back down or give in. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why I've got as far as I've got. So, like I say, mate, I was very, I don't know, I'm just a driven and determined person. And going forward, what do I think I can do? If it's making films or, but I'll always find a way. And I'm like, I, I'd love to do more movies, yes. But ultimately, you know, I've got to stick to the day job for now and that's paying quite well at the minute. So, I don't know what the future will make. That's the best way of answering your question. Yeah. But one thing I, I will do is I'll give it a hundred percent, and uh, and I'm planning for way. I, I treat every single fight now as if it could be me last because professional boxing is such a brutal sport, especially at the level I'm at. I'm in there with world class fighters. Yeah. Every fight, and, and it's dangerous for me. So like I say, if I finish boxing tomorrow, I'll be okay. You know, but uh, ultimately to carry on going, I just want to keep getting properties, getting myself out there, and uh, and I think I've, I can do stuff on TV as well when I've finished. Yeah, big time. I've seen you've been on uh, Sky, is it Sky, and you've been on Box Nation a few times doing the commentary. I am, which is great. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on, I do a lot of work for Sky, and I do a lot of work for BBC Radio, and now I've done stuff in the movies and stuff. There's there's a lot of different outlets I can use, but like I said, I'll just keep. I'll stick with the boxing for now and, and then, you know, I'll see how long, much further I can go with that. Win a world title and then, you know, we'll go from there, mate. Yeah. I remember the very first time I, I heard about you and who you were was I was on training camp with Stephen Smith and he came to, the, he came to, the, uh, to one of the training camps, I think it was in Crystal Palace with me when well, all the boys were there. This was before you were on the scene. And he went, fucking hell. He says, oh, yeah. we've, we've, got this, uh, we've got this lad now with Jim now called Tony Bellew, 91 kilograms. In that he's just been in the novice championships. He's knocking everybody out. He's he's just smashing everyone's head in. And then you continue with that from the novices, and then into the senior years. Then you were boxing for yeah. England. So your your careers just went went so so good. And now you've you've, you've been the British Commonwealth European champion. Uh, and like you say, if any other boxer that that they're so happy with that in the career. But I know you want this world title next to uh, put the icing on the cake and I, I really believe you can do it so who, who have you got who you got in there uh, who's the champion now who, who's the person in front of you yeah, there's a few guys there's a guy who's based in LA called Dennis Lebedev we were negotiating with him uh, he's going to go into a unification match it looks like by the sound of it with a guy called Emilio Ramirez Emilio Ramirez was supposed to fight me in December uh, but then he chose to fight Oval McKenzie in the October, I believe it was, and he drew with Oval McKenzie, right. somebody who I've beaten twice, and yep. uh, and then he, he refused to fight me in the December me because he obviously he's looked at me. I've dealt with Oval McKenzie two, on two separate occasions, and he could only draw with him in his native Argentina, so he didn't want no part of me in December. So we were kind of stuck for a fight, and 
it was insane of me to kind of fight a guy called Mateus Masternak, who's ranked number eight in the world. Uh, and I had the movie coming out early next year, so everyone was telling me just to have a warm-up fight, let the movie come out, and then on the back of the publicity of the movie, we'll go for a big fight. And uh, that was what every, all my advisors and people around me were telling me to do. Yeah. But Eddie, me and Eddie sat down at the talk, and Eddie said, listen, I've got this guy, he's number eight in the world, you're number, yeah, I think I'm five or six in the world, and he says, you beat this guy, you're basically a number one contender with all the ranking organisations and the bodies, but... I'm just letting you know this is a hard fight. Right. So I says to him, I'll take the fight. And uh, I took it and I beat up, I beat Matthias Masternak clearly and well and came strong down the stretch, mate, as I always do, you know. Yeah. You did great, mate. You did great. Uh, so when when is the next fight? Have you got a date? No? The next ideas? fight was going to be probably... It, it's probably going to be in May, Tone. It's, it's looking at the end, towards the end, the middle or the end of May. Uh, and fingers crossed me to go to some park. We're sitting down at the moment and talking with the guys at Everton Football Club. I'm yeah. close now, which we're really close to getting it done. Is that going to be Ramirez? Uh, it, it, a lot of it depends on when Ramirez and Lebedev are going to fight. If it's not Ramirez or Lebedev, then it looks like it probably is going to be Glowacki. Yeah. Uh, Al Heyman's been in touch and he wants me to fight Glowacki. Yeah, that's the guy, the, guy Hook, right? the, the guy that beat Hook, right? The guy that stopped Hook. That's the guy that beat Hook, yeah, because yeah, Hook's going to fight Afal Labi. For the fourth uh, next time month. as well? <laughs> For the fourth time. Yeah. It's a bit of a, bit of a weird <laughs> um, I was just going to ask you, Tony, the about when. Time, which is crazy. Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to. Fire away, go on. Yeah, I was just going to ask you when uh, you moved up to Cruiserweight about. Um, I mean, obviously yeah. you feel that's like you a better weight for you physically, but um, there's not as big like money fights and the the, the ti- you know the title holders at cruiserweight aren't as well known as they are down at light heavyweight. So did did you feel like it was a bit of a risk in that sense? Like from you know there, there's not as big a money fights at that division. Is that does that come into, does that come into your thinking I mean, when you moved up, or is it just like purely a physical decision? Well, I'll be honest, that's what kept me down at 175 for a long time. Jaffa knows me well, and he knows how much hard it must have been for me to make 175 yeah. pounds. It was mm. an absolute nightmare. I'm six foot three, uh, and I walk around at, you know, 215, 220. Yeah. And the drop down to, to 175 was just absolutely insane. It killed me, it really did. Uh, the last time I made it, you know, I didn't eat for two, two, two and a half days. Uh, I had to lose weight on a day of the way, and that was against Stevenson. Listen, there's no excuses. I lost to the better man against Stevenson, but you know, if I, if I was allowed to walk in there at, at 91 kilos or 200 pounds, like you guys have it, uh, you know, I'd have a, I'd stand a far, far better chance. I'm a lot more durable. Yeah. Uh, as a 200-pound fighter, you know, I, I was never here, never on the floor, and I've been in the ring with some of the most powerful guys in the world. I've sparred with David Day on numerous occasions. Never been on the floor. David Price, Tyson Fury, all these names I've sparred with and never put a dent in me. But at one seven five, I was always vulnerable. And I'll be totally honest, the money, the money fights kept me down there. Yeah. At two hundred pounds, the divisions are a little bit more different. At one seven five, you had Kovalev and you had Stevenson, and that was really it. But you had Hopkins also because mm. he was a bit of a money fight. But he's nowhere near as hard as a fight as the other two. I always chose the WBC route, and and for me, Stevenson's Stevenson was the better fighter because it, it's the job purely that he done on Chad Dawson that made him the best fighter for me. I just think, 
you know, after what Chad Dawson done to Ben Dopkins and then what Adonis Stevenson done to Chad Dawson. I just think it made him number one, and that's why he holds the ring belt magazine. Yeah. So I, I tried it at 175, couldn't do it. The 175 division is nowhere near as stacked when I was there anyway as the 200-pound division is. In the 200-pound division, it's like I'm in, I'm in a division full of sharks. Right. Uh, for me, the best fighter in the division doesn't even hold a world title. I think Alexander Yusuf is the best fighter in the division, but he's not a world champion. Uh, I think Ramirez is one of the weaker ones in the division, and he's the IBF champion. And he always, so he always fights out of Argentina as well, doesn't he? he, as, as he I don't think he, he does, mate. He does. So I, we agree the four hundred thousand dollar ice four hundred comes to the England, and he and he, uh, he rejected it. So that's his career's highest payday. Uh, all the other champions, the good fighters. You've got Glowacki, really good fighter. Uh, you've got. You've just got real solid good fighters. Lebedev, you've got Zod from Russia. All of them are good fighters. I think the weakest one really is is Ramirez, but he just doesn't want to come out of Argentina and he doesn't want to risk his title. So we'll see where it goes. Talking about your weight tone, because uh, I, I was I was shocked yeah. when because as, as an amateur you were two or five, right? So is that what it is in pounds? Ninety one kilograms. Yeah. And then you moved down to to one seventy five. Yeah. Uh, why did you not move down to? 81 yeah. kilos as an amateur was it because I was there <laughs> <laughs> no I'll tell you, you know, what i tell you I what just, I'm glad I, you never I never fancied I never fancied the dieting mate I just and you know what it's like when you're boxing for four, four you could be in a tournament for two weeks and you've got to maintain the weight solidly for two weeks yeah. and I just could never really do it It was it's different in the pro game Get away in the day before. Yeah. You can chip away at the weight for twelve weeks and just keep chipping away. Whereas in the amateur game, you've got to fight basically at your natural weight. And and ninety one kilos was my natural walking round weight when I was an amateur. As an amateur, you know, if you're gonna fight at eighty one kilos, you you know, you can't be walking around any heavier than eighty three. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you know, you guys at eighty one were always walking around at, at you know, eighty three at the most and Bloody hell, Jeff, I remember you even walking beat. You, you used to do the weight like I did. You found it easy. It was never no problem for you. Yeah. Uh, so it was just one of them things. I mean, you live and you learn. Yeah. Should I have done 81 in the amateurs? Like I said, I couldn't have held the weight for four or five days or two weeks in a tournament. Like, I could never have thought about doing the world championships or trying something like that and trying to hold weight over it. Over a two-week period, it just wouldn't have been possible yeah, for me another, to box and hold weight. Another thing is the amateurs as well. Like when we when we're on the England camps, you might get three or four weeks' notice for a for a tournament. All right, you boxing there in three or four weeks. Yeah. So you so you it would have really struggled with you. And as an amateur as well, you were doing so well at ninety-one kilograms. So you know it was a bit. Why should you move down? That was me. Uh, mate, have you have you got any thoughts about coming to LA and doing a training camp? Do you know what, mate? I definitely do want to do it, and I've looked at the option. I speak to Sal out there, and I've got a couple of friends out there, uh, Khalid. So, yes, I could do, mate, and I'd love to obviously come over to your gym. I've never been to LA yet, and Sly and, and MBJ and, and the director, Ryan Cooper, they keep telling me, come out to LA, come out to LA. They, ask, they even asked me to go and live out there, but I, I'm, I don't know, mate. You know, I've got my father here, I've got my mother here, and yeah. I've got three young boys, and, and I just don't know, mate. It's a big, big move, and it's a big step. As also, me grab. My grandfather who not long passed away, he's an American. Well, he was American, so I can actually get citizenship in the country because my mother's uh, is as much English as she is Amer- as, mu- as much American as she is English. So it's, uh, I could get citizenship in the US; it wouldn't be an issue. Right. But uh, 
And I have half of my family lives out in Indiana in America, but I don't know, Jeff. I just don't know if I could possibly. It's a big, big change, mate. It's a big yeah. culture shock. But you never, you, I would never say never. Yeah. yeah but, uh, know, it's, a, it's a possibility. It's something there. And, uh, it's an option, isn't it? It's yeah. an option. We had, um, Dave Caldwell was in a few weeks ago, actually. He had um, a couple of lads out here. Um, stopped by the gym a couple of times. But uh, as far as training camps out here, Tony, that's unbelievable. Everything's set up, like, diet-wise, nutrition, just the whole lifestyle that goes with it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's top facilities. It's so easy and... to stay healthy in the US. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, wild card right by us as well for sparring and so stuff. It's good. Yeah, I think it would be a good option for you. It's just so easy to stay healthy in the US and the training. The training's all, all so fantastic in the US. Like I say, it's a... It's a great place, and I've heard so much about LA. It's perfect for sparring. It's just, it's great for so many things. The location of stuff. Yeah, yeah. the weather. Uh, so, it's, like I say, it's definitely something. It's definitely something I'll experience. Something I'll pursue somewhere, you know, further on down the line. Yeah, How, I've got a couple more questions. How's your body holding up after all these years of, uh, of fighting and putting it through the grind? How's your body? Your hands, your elbows, your knees, your neck, your back. How's all? How's all that? Uh, that's that's a good question. It's it's still bad, mate. I mean, I, br- I broke me both hands in that last fight. I broke me left hand in the third round and I fractured me right hand in the ninth. So, you know, I, I, I've always had hand problems, Jeff. You know, yeah. I used to take my hands even as an amateur when we yeah. were kids on them squads. Uh, I'm still looking after my hands as best as I can, but my body just, it, over the years, it's been punished. And it's the training camps that do it. It's not really the fight. It's always the 12-week training camps and the sparring. Yeah. And you know the hard work that goes into it. So I'm I'm dealing with it. I'm getting on with it. But you know how much more the body can take. I don't know. But I, I don't abuse my body. I look after myself. I live a clean, healthy life. And uh, I think that's a big key to it. I take the right breaks at the right times. Yeah. I, re- I have big rest time. periods. I enjoy holidays with my family and kids. And like I say, I'm always recharged and ready to go back. I actually go back to camp next week. Well, tomorrow, Monday. And I'm actually looking forward to it, mate. So, you know, it's all about resting in boxing and injuries healing the right amount of time and uh, and treatments and stuff like that, mate. And, I, and I'm always looked after and do things well like that. That's good. You've, especially now, I see you, you're always at Everton a lot and you've got a good support team. I'm sure after the publicity you've given them through that movie, which has been massive, uh, I'm, sure yeah. they'll, I'm sure they'll do anything for you. Right? It is, it is, mate. It's crazy that I was so happy. I could give something back to the football club. As you know, I've always been a crazy Everton fan and loved the yeah. football. But uh, I just feel like I gave something back to the club by, I don't know, just by getting them out there worldwide. It was global and everyone's going to see the movie and the badge and, and the stadium. Yeah. And it was just great. I mean, it's crazy to do and amazing to be a part of. But, uh, you know, the club look after me fantastic-wise. I mean, from physios to medical help and, and everything, they just did the great the way they look after me. That's quality, mate. Well, mate, uh, I think that's about it. It's been really good to have a catch up with you, mate, and, and speak to you. Uh, I really oh, hope you too, Jeff. I really hope you come out here uh, and, and try training camp. Come with Dave, even if it's for a couple of weeks. You're more than welcome to stay in my house with me yeah. in, in in the gym. Uh, but I mean, it'll be great to see yeah. you out here sometime. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jeff. Now I've got you know, mate. We'll have to stay in touch. Yeah, and, we will. Uh, as soon as I get out to LA. Yeah, I'll give you the call, mate, definitely. But I'm sure it'll be within the next six to 12 months without doubt. Brilliant. All right, mate, I'll let you get off. It's Sunday night, so uh, thanks, Tony. Thank Tone. you very much. Appreciate Thanks for having it, me, guys.
Thanks, Tony. Give me a shout and I'll make sure the podcast goes out on me Twitter and stuff like that. Oh, nice one. Will do. All right, mate. Thanks, Thanks for coming on, Tony. Good having you on. Yeah. See Thanks you, mate. Thanks very much, guys. All right, Bye. see you in a bit. Bye. Thanks, mate. It's a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye for now, pal. What a fantastic podcast that was with Tony Bellew. What a what a great lad he is. Did you enjoy that, Glenn? Yeah, I think that was the best one we've done. Loved it. I mean, you see that about every podcast we do. <laughs> you see it. That was the best podcast we've done. It's true, though. Every, every, every new podcast we do, I feel like it gets better, and I love doing them more and more every time we do it. I know. It's been a while. I've knew Tony for about 15 years now. Uh, we were on the England team together all the way through, travelling the world, and... Uh, he is a, he's a really genuine, nice lad, and I'm so happy and proud of what he's done. It's, uh, it's fantastic. What I'm going to do right now is go to Tony Bellew's Instagram and at Tony Bellew and have a look at that video of him punching Michael Jordan and see if I think it is a real knockout. Dropping him in. Also, if you're on Instagram, follow us, at Boxing Life. And if you're not on Instagram, what are you doing? It's 2016. Everyone's on Instagram. You should be on Instagram. As long as you're not on Instagram as much as Glenn, that's all he's on. I don't know how he earns these six figures, because all he does is sit on Instagram all day. At Glenn Holmes LA, with two ends. <sighs> yeah, trying to plug it even more. Well, thanks for listening, and until next time, we will see you later.